Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Thursday evening. Big football to look forward to tonight. South Africa's under-23 is in action against Brazil. We'll preview all of that action on tonight's show. We'll also take a look at what's been happening movement-wise uh, around the Absa Premiership this season. But uh, we start with football news and Banyana Banyana coach Vera Pau says they're not blaming goalkeeper Roxanne Parker for last night's 1-0 loss to European giant Sweden. A lapse in concentration in goal saw the Swedes take the lead despite this, Powell says, uh, the number one had a great game. It's probably the, the fear of failure, I don't know, although we, we have always to not have the fear of failure because otherwise you cannot grow. Uh, Roxanne Barker ha- did not have the fear of failure, went out and helped her teammates against all those tall players constantly throughout the game. And this one miss moment is then, well, that can happen. But if you, don't ha- if you wouldn't have had the guts to do it, we would have had many goals against On to some rugby news. Warren Whiteley has recovered from his calf injury and he will lead the Emirates Lions in their Super Rugby final against the Hurricanes in Wellington on Saturday. That was confirmed today when Coach Juan Ackerman announced his team. The match day 15 is as follows. Smith, Marks, Reardinghuis, Ferreira, Morstead, Creel, Tecklenburg and Whiteley. The back C, Fafta Clark and Alton Jainchis teaming up once again in 9 and 10 respectively. Outside Jainchis, Kossan, Van Rensburg, Mapu, Combrink and Kutsi. South African rugby has confirmed that the EP Kings will play in the Premier Division of the Curry Cup. This confirmation follows the announcement of a 20 million rand support package by the Nelson Mandela Bay Municipality. EP's uh, scheduled fixture against Greek was in Kimberley on Saturday has been postponed. They'll play their first game in the second round on the 13th of August. Meanwhile, Springbok fullback Vili LaRue has signed for the Wasps from Japanese club Cannon Eagles. On to cricket news now, and Mitchell Starks confirmed, or rather claimed, 5 for 44 as Australia dismissed Sri Lanka for 281 before reaching 54 for 2 at Stumps on day 1 of the second test in Gaul. Meanwhile, in Edgbaston, Pakistan on 223 for 2 late on day 2 of the first test against England. The tourists trail by 74 runs. They still have 8 first innings wickets in hands. In some English football news, Aston Villa have confirmed the sign of striker Ross McCormack from Fulham on a four-year deal believed to be around uh, worth around £12 million. On to golf, there is one South African playing in the Aberdeen Asset Management Paul Laurie match play, and it's good news. Hayden Porteous was three up on John Parry, but the Englishman forced an extra hole before Porteous beat him at the 19th. He'll next play David Horsey, who eased to a 6-4 and four win over Sebastian Gross. Porteous was satisfied with the win. To be three up through 14 holes, you know, you, you're expecting to to have a fairly easy way coming in. You know, I, you know unfortunately, I missed a couple putts that I should have made, and you know, John came at me quite hard and you know, finished with you know, three birdies in the last four holes. So it was a tough fight, but, you know, match players like that, and, you know, you've you got to expect the same tomorrow, and, it, and it's probably going to be a little bit tougher, I'm sure. We'll hopefully have more of that match play for you tomorrow evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. And then finally in boxing news, Manny Pacquiao will reportedly come out of retirement to face WBO welterweight champion Jesse Vargas later this year. Coming up next on SAFM Sports Trap, we'll head to South America to chat some football with Moali. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource.
Join us this Thursday on Top Billing in a home at the leading edge of award-winning designer living. Rio Olympic swimmers Chad Ho and Matthew Mayer are flying through the water. Kirsten Bosch recreates their gold medal winning Chelsea Flower Show exhibit. Plus, bold and the beautiful star Texas Battle is loving the Eastern Cape. Catch Top Billing this Thursday night at 8. Repeat Sunday at 12.30 on SABC3. Where are you on the map? SAFM is local. 90% of the time. Sick of always missing your favorite SAFM shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free podcast service that allows you to access them directly from your cell phone, PC or tablet, whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. Go to safm.co.za and click on podcast. This takes you to the SAFM page on iono.fm. Follow at iono.fm on Twitter or like it on Facebook for regular updates. You never have to miss your favorite shows. SAFM Podcasts, powered by Iono.fm. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I'm a glug glug get there. Olympic campaign underway this evening against host Brazil. Going to be a tough encounter. Mo Ali joins us now. Mo, good evening to you. Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic to see South Africa in action on this stage. I see Tumalin Kune has been included in goal. Eric Matoho starting as well. So the two overage players that are in Owen Dagama's squad putting to to or put to use straight away. They have to, Brad, because I mean, it would be senseless including the uh, two overage players in the squad and not using them. So I suppose uh, you know the, the inclusion was was given, um, and uh, uh, you know, given the experience of of those two as well, I think you know they they were deliberately chosen because of the experience, and uh, I think because of the, the the magnitude of the task that faces them, uh, particularly being up against uh, Neymar who, of course, we know is a global superstar, and uh, Gabriel Jesus, a man uh, who has just been signed by Manchester City, although he will remain with Palmeiras until the end of the year. So I think you know, it's, it's a big, big task that faces the South African side, particularly uh, Eric Matoho and uh, Rivaldo Kutsia. It's very much uh, got a Bafana Bafana defense look about it, because Kune, Kutsia uh, and Matoho are all Bafana Bafana regulars. Uh, Abu Bakr Mubara, of course, uh, was a regular with uh, alongside uh, Kutsia uh, for I Cape Town until he's moved to Orlando Pirates. Um, my big worry is uh, Dylan Makoa in the left back position. We know he's an attacking player so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he copes with his defensive duties but I think uh, the under 23 side's uh, strength lies in the attack and it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Menzi Masuku and uh, Lebohang Motiba, a man who's just signed a three-year contract with the uh, French side Lille, hasn't even played in uh, South African uh, top-flight football. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, fare up front. And, of course, Keegan Dolly, we know he's had a stellar season with uh, Mamalabi Sundance. And, you know, let's just hope that he can translate his club form uh, to the international stage. Let's talk a little bit about Keegan Dolly. He's wearing the captain's armband uh, in tonight's clash as well. He, as you rightly said, he's had a superb run with uh, with Sundown. Sundowns are in, in good nick and, and good form with the CAF Champions League too. He is going to be key tonight. And and uh, if if he nor if he has a good game, the under twenty threes normally have a good game. Yeah, uh, he's certainly going to be key as will uh, Menzi Masuku and. Uh 
But I think for me, you know, the the the, the center of uh, midfield is gonna uh, it's gonna, gonna be crucial because they will have to cut off the supply line to the likes of Neymar and uh, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, and uh, you know, if, if uh, Neymar doesn't get the ball, if Felipe Anderson doesn't get the ball, Gabriel Jesus doesn't get the ball, if they do get the ball, they they close down very quickly. Then there's very little they can do. Very little any player in the world can do. And I think uh, you know the likes of. Uh, um, Toby Mbalo who's uh, with Highlands Park who just won uh, promotion and uh, Aubrey Madiba very much unproven at this level so it's, it's a huge step up because these Brazilians of course are top quality players not only in their local leagues but also in, in the European leagues and uh, Whatever happens for me, the big thing is that, you know, you have these youngsters now playing against Neymar, playing against Felipe Anderson, Gabriel Jesus, um, and even if they lose, I think it just augurs well for South African football. Can you imagine how much confidence uh, Rivaldo Kutsi would have, for example, if he comes out of this game uh, having done well against Neymar and having done well against the Brazilians, what that would do for his confidence and the likes of Eric Matoho, Mobara, and all the other players uh, going forward. And, and this really should be the basis of any future Bafana Bafana Without a doubt, Mo, it's not the first time uh, South Africa's played Brazil at the Olympics. We know what happened last time out. What, what are the odds? Well, I was actually at that game at the Gabba Oval when they won uh, 3-1 in Brisbane and uh, let's hope I have a good omen for them again. But uh, I think it's going to be difficult. Brazil are under huge pressure because uh, that 7-1 defeat against uh, Germany in the semi-finals of the 2014 World Cup is still very, very fresh in the memories of the locals. And this is actually the one tournament, the one title uh, that the Brazil have never won. Uh, they've won three silver medals, two bronzes, but never have they won the Olympic gold and uh, they are very, very keen, and they feel that this might be their time. I think uh, Bafana Bafana, or the Bafana Bafana, the under-23s, if uh, they can just limit the damage and, and try and come out of this game uh, with uh, uh, as little damage as possible, and then look towards the games against Denmark and Iraq uh, to get through to the next round, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll do well to do that. You talk about the pressure on Brazil. It's huge. I mean, they're on home soil. They they haven't performed well in Olympics. They they obviously they've got great pedigree when it comes to World Cups. Uh, could could that be detrimental? Could that pressure really sort of almost make them crumble uh, on a stage like this? I think uh, it certainly will work to South Africa's advantage because everybody expects. Uh, a team that includes the likes of Neymar, Felipe Anderson, Gabriel Jesus, Marquinhos, who, who plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, you know, you would have expected, uh, they look at the South African lineup, they would say, nah, we've never seen any of these guys before. And uh, remember also, they beat South Africa 3-1 in a friendly in March in Brazil. So uh, they've got everything going for them, and, and they'll certainly be under huge pressure, because can you imagine the outcry if, if they don't beat South Africa tomorrow evening, or this evening, rather. Um, so, you know, a team that doesn't play under pressure, Team that's rank underdogs like Owen de Gama's side are always dangerous because they've got absolutely nothing to lose. Whereas the Brazilians have everything to lose. They've got a nation that uh, hasn't done well. Uh, we all know the pedigree of Brazilian football. Uh, they haven't done well in recent times. They've fired, hired and, uh, several coaches of, uh, just before uh, the start of this tournament. Dunga was supposed to take the side and then he lost his job as a result of the poor performance in the uh, Copa America. So they are under huge pressure. Don't forget that. And uh, this is a football crazy 
emerging countries and they expect nothing less than success. It's almost like being a Pirates and a Chiefs fan back in South Africa. The, the pressure is always there on those two teams. And uh, I think, you know, with the, with the likes of Itumalen Kune, uh, Rivaldo Kutsi, Eric Mato, who have experience at that top flight international level, if they can just calm down the other youngsters in the side and, and you know, it's 11 against 11, as Owen Nagama has said, and if they play as a team and not focus on, on one particular individual in the opposition, uh, I think, you know, they, they can still maybe uh, surprise a few people. Very few people expected the Amagluk-Luk as they were known in uh, 2000 to do anything against the Brazilian side that contained the likes of uh, Ronaldinho and Lucio. And uh, they beat them 3-1. So uh, they could well write their own chapter this evening. Well, let's hope you're right. Mo, looking forward to, to that match. Thank you very much. We'll have coverage here on SAFM this evening. So make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM Sports Wrap. Staying with that match, despite being the world's most successful football country with five FIFA World Cup titles to their name, Brazil still searching for its first ever men's football Olympic gold medal. And sadly, their dominance on the big stage has been waning, as evidenced in the most recent World Cup in 2014, when they were embarrassingly booted out on home soil by eventual champions Germany, humiliating them 7-1 in the semi-finals. SC Barcelona superstar Neymar will lead the young team against South Africa in their Group A open it tonight. TV Globo journalist Alexandra Aliati tells SABC sport reporter Valile Mbuli that it's not all rosy in Brazilian football. I'm a little bit afraid that it, it, it can happen again. But we have a good team. Uh, we have a good team. We have Neymar, uh, which is in absolute shape. So we are, we are confident. But also us as South Africans, Alex, we go back to Sydney 2000 and we remember what we did to a team that had the Rivaldo, I think there was also Ronaldinho as well. And so what, 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 what are a Brazilian, especially you as Brazilian journalists, are thinking about the South African team? Ah, it's amazing uh, how much uh, the African teams can achieve, in, especially in these youth championships. Here in Brazil, we are so much connected with Africa because of our history and we are uh, looking forward to the to the day to come when a South Africa uh, uh, when an African team will win a World Cup we think it's about to come we think that maybe uh, it's about to come and uh, while this uh, does not happen uh, we can see amazing teams in the, in the Olympic Games and we are we are sure that it might happen again we are we are very sure that this might happen again and tell us more. I see in the starting lineup the boy from Palmeiras, uh, Gabriel Jesus, is um, in the starting lineup for tomorrow, and um, he's just signed for Manchester City as well. What type of a player is he? Yeah, uh, he's moving to, to Manchester City. Uh, he has played like for two years, I guess, uh, for Palmeiras. Uh, he's a very, very good, very, very talented athlete. Maybe he's not going to Europe as ready as Ronaldo was or Neymar was. Neymar was ready to go to Europe. Uh, he's probably going to, to get there and need some time to, you know, to, to get to know how things work there. Uh, but he's very, very talented. He's uh, one of our most promising athletes nowadays. Uh, he scores so many goals and uh, he has this ability to, uh, to view 
the spaces to, to, to realize when someone is free to receive the ball. Uh, he's, he's very talented and uh, hopefully in those next uh, years, those next World Cups, uh, he'll be in the Brazilian squad. Okay. And then finally, do you think, as you were saying about the World Cup uh, earlier, maybe Brazilians are also still afraid of after what happened to Brazil against Germany? Yeah, because uh, uh, what happened against Germany was not only about uh, uh, football. It was something mental also, you know, because we were playing in our country. Uh, we had uh, we had had a terrible defeat against uh, Uruguay in 1950. So uh, the players probably carried the weight of playing uh, as local, you know. Uh, if, if that match against Germany was, I don't know, in Chile, we, we wouldn't have lost for 7-1. Uh, we probably would have lost because Germany was a better team, but it, was, it, it wouldn't have been this disaster. And we are now again uh, competing in our home and competing for a tournament that we don't have. And they are so young, it's uh, such a, a, a young team. Uh, of course, it, uh, with Neymar, uh, who can be a leader, who is the, the most talented player, but uh, all the other athletes, they are so young, so uh, it, it's something that have, you have to deal with. Uh, this pressure of having to win a championship that we have never won and, have, and having to win it at home. It's surprising because you guys have got five World Cups. It's surprising how you've missed um, winning the Olympics. Uh, because it's, uh, it's probably the, the only thing that lasts for us. You know, we have five World Cups, uh, we have so many Copa Americas, we have Confederations Cup, uh, we've had the best player in the world for uh, so many times, but uh, we don't know why we don't have this, this elite tournament. Just finally, what is the state of uh, football in Brazil today? Yeah, uh, we are still losing our best players uh, to Europe. Uh, we've had some good teams uh, in the last few years. Uh, the Brazilian tournament uh, uses to have some good teams uh, like Corinthians and Cruzeiro during the last few years. Uh, we've, uh, we've had some uh, very good teams during uh, the Libertadores like uh, Internacional, who won the, the, the Libertadores in 2006-2010 and also won the, the World Cup, uh, the Club World Cup in 2006. Uh, São Paulo won it in 2005. Uh, Corinthians won it in 2012. So we can manage to have uh, some good teams. But, for example, this is the third year in a row that we don't go to the final in Libertadores. And it worries us, because it happens at the same time when we lose to Germany 7-1. Like, uh, it lights uh, an alert, you know, what's happening? Uh, are we not that good anymore? You know, uh, but we still have, we still can, uh, can have uh, such talented players, like Gabriel Jesus, who is now going to, to Manchester. But it's also the same with us in Africa, because all our players, I'm moving to Europe, yeah. but it's because of money, right? Yeah, it's because of money, because uh, here in Brazil, uh, we've had some years of uh, increasing uh, economy. economy. Uh, now uh, we have some economic problems again, and of course the, the, the British teams, the Spanish teams, uh, the Italian teams, 
they come here and they pay what's necessary and they take the, 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 our, our best players. Uh, if we had a, a talented player uh, when he's like 21, 22 here in Brazil, it's like a miracle. Uh, how come that he's not in, in Europe anymore? Uh, but it's something that uh, third world countries have to face because of economic issues. We are not uh, as rich as the, the European countries. And uh, naturally, our teams are not as rich uh, as the European teams. That was TV Globo journalist Alexandre Aliati chatting to Vilile Mbuli. Don't forget, kickoff in that match tonight, 9 p.m. South African time. So, what are you doing this weekend? Well, this weekend, my man, I'm sitting. I'm sitting right on my couch and not moving a muscle. I'm exercising my right to support my heroes as they go into battle. I'm supporting the greatest nation in the world. Yes, Chabu, yes, I'm sitting. I'm sitting on my couch because my seat is waiting. Okay, man. Just asking. Your seat is waiting. The Rio 2016 Olympics is off the starting blocks from the 5th of August. So make sure you don't move from your seat. Live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. It's heating up in the Top Chef South Africa kitchen, and you don't want to miss me, Lona Maseko, SABC3's private chef Neil Anthony, and Lasejo Liz the Chef Semenya, as we put 14 chefs through 13 weeks of intense cooking challenges that will test their ability to deliver under pressure. Who will come out victorious? Catch Top Chef South Africa on SABC3 every Tuesday at 8 p.m. to find out. You stop that. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za. The language issue has always been a bone of contention, even during the earlier days of dual broadcast between English and Afrikaans languages. There was a a fairly general belief among English-speaking people that to think of uh, Afrikaans as a broadcasting language in any way comparable to English was absurd. You looked at the volume of Afrikaans literature and it seemed to most people almost impossible that uh, broadcasting could sustain a a full program. SAFM celebrates 80 years of education. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and there's been quite a bit of movement uh, in the off-season as far as transfer goes uh, around the PSL. We join now by uh, Neil Gregg from AfricanFootball.com. Neil, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. It's been a, a pretty interesting uh, sort of off-season. There's been lots of movement, which is which is quite nice. Yeah, it has been. Firstly, how's it to you and all the listeners and uh, everyone there at SFM because it has been a lot of movement. Um, probably not the big marquee signings that many people uh, were hoping for, but you have seen a lot of younger players move through the ranks and younger players come up from the lower divisions. And I guess that's that's uh, the state of our football. It's young, uh, energetic, talented players over some of the, the more established ones with uh, largely inflated salaries. And so you've seen a few of those big name marquee signings, but lots of young players coming through. Let, let's talk about probably the biggest of them all, uh, this transfer or, or this off-season, CBC Subulakazi, uh, joining Mamelodi Sundowns. Your, your take on that? Yeah, I think, I really do think it's a win for everybody. Uh, and I say that because Villa has wanted a move for a while. You know, he was developed that big best fit 
a top youth player. He spent some amazing seasons in the first team, made his national debut, uh, and went on to win big things, except the league title, of course, which has evaded Big Westwood up to now. So he wanted a move, and rightly so, to to go to a club that is that is uh, winning titles and Mamelodi Sundown test his ability. So he wins. Sundowns have really wanted him. Pizza Mosamani has really, really uh, wanted Villa in his side. So Sundowns have won, even though they had to shell out a lot to get him. So they've spent money, an undisclosed amount of, of money, as well as sending two players back to Big Best Bits in the deal. And this is where I think Gavin Hunt and his team possibly have come out the most benefited in the, in the situation. Stand to be wrong, but I think in Cuthbert Malajila as a number nine striker is the ideal player that Hunt likes in his system. And he is a really, really, really good goal-scoring uh, striker. He's proved himself in the PSL. Unfortunately, doesn't always get a run at Sundowns given all their talent. But he would he would likely do a very good job for Vitz. But and uh, the other player that came the way of Vitz was Ngele, uh Holori Ngele from Botswana, who is a arguably Botswana's best player ever since Dipsy Silowani, who played, of course, in the USA and in South Africa. So a very, very talented player is in, in, in uh, Mr. Ngele and uh, definitely someone who deserves to play every week. At Sundowns, he wasn't playing every week. So a very, very interesting deal on all accounts. Let's talk about Kaiser Chiefs, Neil. There, there's been a lot of movement at Kaiser Chiefs, and uh, you mentioned not not too many big names, but there, there's been lots of, of, like you say, the younger players coming in. They've let a lot of uh, a lot of their players go. Uh, your your take on the, the moves at, at uh, Chiefs? Sure, there's exciting talent. Um, I do think that uh, the, the the player that really has established himself is um, Bashlele Rama, the, the right back or centre back from Sundown. He's a player of good character as well. He's, he'll do a job for Chiefs on, you know, on the field and off the field with the younger guys. But I do worry about the depth. You know, there's exciting players in the team, but uh, the depth of talent is a concern for me. When I look at Kaiser Chiefs' squad in comparison to Big West, Ritz, Mamelodi, Sundowns, uh, even Super Sports United, I would say, uh, and 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 Orlando Pirates, I think given the pressure of um, the supporters of Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, desperate always to win and to win everything. I think that places a lot of pressure on the squad of players that they've got. Not quite sure if they are up to it as a squad. Uh, sure, the talent might be there, but the overall uh, quality and the experience of the squad does concern me a bit. Let's touch briefly on, on the management changes at uh, Orlando Pirates. Your, your thoughts on Wushanetskal and Brady Connell taking over at the helm? Very good coaches, a very good coaching pair, good young assistant coach in Bradley, an experienced uh, technician in Mushin who's been around. I do think that Pirates needed a bit of uh, experience in their coaching ranks, somebody who also puts his foot down and uh, is, is a strong coach, a strong leader, knows what he wants. Could work well. Could also be difficult for the players to respond to a coach like Ertegro. Uh When they've had Eric Tinkler and Roger Dessau, uh, probably younger coaches and more in the mold of uh, player coaches, especially Roger, player, uh, good with the players, a family uh, affair. Uh, Mushin, it's not that he won't be that. He's done, he's done that kind of a role with the young Ajax Cape Town boys, but he can also be a lot stronger on discipline and tactics. And how Pirates respond to that, or the players, uh, I think is going to be the key. If they respond right in their attitude and their character, they do have the talent to do very well. But I think the key is going to be how those players, those talented players, 
respond to a tough coach and, and a tactical coach. With with those changes, obviously Eric Tinkler's gone to to newcomers, Cape Town City. They've made a lot of signings. Uh, they've obviously got some budget and are, are trying to make a, a big sort of splash uh, when when they make their debut in the the, the Premiership uh, next season. Well, what do you make of of the squad that uh, John Kamitz has been able to assemble there? I think they've signed eleven new players. Yes, I think firstly the players that came across from uh, Black Aces. They're the best of the lot. When the franchise uh, swap happened, the buyout happened, there were a lot of good players at Aces. I mean, they finished in the top five last season under Ertegrol, and seriously, there's a lot of talent. Um, from Shoaib Walters and the goals, experienced, to uh, Mosamedi, the youngster, operates in midfield, to Madiba, Aubrey. There are a lot of good players at Aces, and therefore, Cape Town City start with a decent squad of, I think it was 14 guys that came from the Aces franchise, then he's added Tepo Gomeri, a very, very talented centre-back who got no game time at Orlando Pirates. Still young enough to make a name in football, has been in the national team. So they've got a good centre-back. Robin Johannes, another centre-back, joined from Mamazulu. Lots of experience with Robin. So they've got the spine, you know. They've got a good keeper. They've got some centre-backs and definitely a lot of talent uh, around the team. Bongo, Jaiya as well, who's been around. So there's a, there's a number of players. They've got to adapt to Cape Town, to the weather this new club and this way of doing things. Uh, but John Camise has been around, knows the scene, knows how to spot a player, and certainly knows how to motivate a team and a coach. So it's going to be interesting times. Yeah, without a doubt. And then, Neil, just there's been lots of talk, in, and whether it, it, it was actually on the cards or if it's just rumours and, and the, the sort of football media looking for something to talk about. Stephen Pinard, there's been lots of talk that some of the bigger clubs have been trying to pin, pin his signature, but it, it looks like he's back in the UK training. Uh, the likelihood of him coming back and, and finishing up his career here in South Africa? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's going to cost a lot of money, no doubt, because he was a, a, a strong earner in the Premiership of England, earning pounds, and also one of Puma's um, highest-paid African athletes with, when it comes to endorsements, etc. So you'd, you'd think Sundowns would probably be the one team that could splash the cash, although Pirates did something with Benny a few seasons ago that also surprised everybody. So Pirates might have been in the mix too. Uh I think Pirates would have acted by now if it was to be them. They would have got their man because the Iron Duke, if he wants his man, he gets his man quickly. Uh, and, you know, Stephen grew up as a Pirates fan in the early days of Westbury and when he was a teenager at the School of Excellence. He loved Pirates and uh, grew up a Pirates fan. And so I think, uh, if anything, we may still see Sundowns make a move, but I just get the sense that it might not be happening right now. Well, we'd love to have him back in South African soil. Let's hope uh, maybe not this season, maybe in, in a future season we'll see him back here. Uh, Neil Gregg, thank you very much for your time. Once again here on SAFM Sports Trap, always great to chat football. We look forward to doing it again soon. Appreciate Brad, man. All the best. SAFM Sports Trap. Well, that's it for... That's it for Sports Wrap. We're back again tomorrow. Your election news uh, coming up next. Uh, the talk shop on the other side of that. For myself, Brad Brown, have a good evening.